and praise God. So we're talking about subduing the flesh. Amen. As sons, true sons of God. The fallen nature or the Adamic nature is simply the old man trying to live. The old man's gonna still try to live. He can do real, be real sweet today and hit everything on the ladder and do a great work for God. And then by midnight or before midnight, that, that old rascal is going to try to come out depending on what you may go through. But the old man is always trying to live. Amen. So we have to stay on top of him. Hallelujah. Because we are the redeemed. Genesis 3, if you'll turn there. It's where it all started in the beginning. Verse 1. I'm going to read it. It says, now the serpent was more cunning. You know, in other words, he's slick. Than any beast of the field, which the Lord gave, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, God has indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree. You shall not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden or the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Amen. Hallelujah. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband, and with her he ate too. And their eyes were open. Amen. Sometimes, you know, God does things that's good for us and we don't even have to be involved in it. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. He doesn't have to tell us everything. Amen. All we need to do is trust him and just stand back and enjoy everything that he's already provided for us. So it was kind of like that. There are some things they didn't need to know. But when the devil, who is so slick, said, you'll know everything. This is what he was really saying. He don't want you to know nothing, but you'll know everything. That works in the natural with people. Amen. You know, if the supervisor, how many of you ever uh, known supervisors that didn't know nothing about nothing? But they knew how to run that de- department. And everybody else did stuff. And they didn't know how. They would have to call you to ask you, well, how do you do this? You know, or how do you do that? But they know how to run that department. And so then people can kind of start thinking, well, they make much more money than me. I'm doing all the work. You ever felt like that? I know people in here have been there. And then, you know, you say, well, why are they the supervisor? I'm doing all the work. You understand? Well, it's kind of, I think it was kind of like that. And so Eve was was listening to the slick devil, and all he had to say is, he's holding out on you. He doesn't want you to know everything. Amen? But you'll be smarter than him. You'll know everything. See, the devil knows the right thing to say to people, to get them to obey him. You'll know everything. Amen? And you'll be like God. So the woman ate of the fruit, gave it to her husband. But the Bible tells us that we are supposed to follow the word of God. Amen. The manner of God. The word of God. His purpose. And the faith of God. Not our own vain imaginations and passions. And see, that was Eve's vain imagination. And she followed it because it made more sense to her than just obeying God and not messing with that tree that sits in the middle of the garden. Amen. So in other words, we are to subdue our flesh and be led by the Spirit of God as sons of God and not be led by our flesh. 
Amen. And this is the dilemma, or I won't call it a dilemma. It's really not because all we need to do is trust God's word. But this is where I believe most Christians are, especially those in the traditional church. They're trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. Amen. Hallelujah. But they love talking about the end. We're living in the end times and we need to do this and we need to do that. But what they really need to do is learn to follow God, walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, subdue the flesh and subdue everything that's contrary to God's word. Amen. So Matthew 26, if you'll turn there, I'll turn there right quick. Hallelujah. Trust in God. Take in charge of your flesh so that you can be a witness and build the kingdoms, what we're really talking about. Matthew 26, verse 41. It says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. So we have weak flesh. And so we always have to continue to work on this problem. Amen. The the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So it's bringing the flesh into submission of God and his word. That word flesh means personhood or the lower nature of a person. The seat and the vehicle of sinful desires. That's what your flesh is. And we are to get rid of pride and that's haughtiness and arrogance and the superiority attitude. That's pride that keeps your flesh alive. Are y'all here today? Amen. And this is the opposite of Christ. Because Christ was meek and lowly of heart. He was merciful, but powerful. And he loved. He, he was love. Amen. He trusts the Father and what he put inside of him. The Father's love. And so we need to remember uh, that we're made in the image of Christ. And he walked in Holiness walked in love, and we're to do the same thing. And that's the best way to subdue the flesh, to walk in love. Mark seven twenty two, and it says here, <clears throat> it says, uh, thieves, well, let's do 21. It says, for from within, out of our heart, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. Thefts, covetedness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. Amen. And, of course, that word pride means arrogance, haughtiness, and disdainful attitude towards other. And so we're not supposed to have all that. Amen. And But that stuff will come to you. I don't care who you are. And you have to learn how to subdue it. When you see this this stuff coming to you and you know when it's there. And you have to talk to yourself. You You rebuke it. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. And you have to protect yourself. Watch it because the condition of your heart is dependent on how you subdue this, the flesh. Amen. So watch the condition of your heart. This is how a man's heart gets defiled by allowing these little things like offenses and different things like that to bug you. Don't allow your heart to become filled with pride, but be renewed in your mind. In other words, stop living according to your flesh. How do you do it? Renew your mind. Renew what you think about. In other words, get a whole new game plan. Get on God's game plan on how to live. Amen. Romans 12, 2 talks about that. Don't be conformed to this world. We'll be transformed. 
by the renewing of your mind. So God is expecting us to do a transformation in our thinking. Amen. It says that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So now you know what the perfect will of God is for us, is to be transformed in our thinking. See, if you don't think right, you ain't going to do right. If you don't think right, you're going to always find fault of something or somebody. Amen? So you have to renew your thinking or your thought process. In other words, renew means to renovate implying a restoration of freshness or to an original state. So renew it back to the original state. What original state? The way it was in the garden, the way it was intended before the fall, before Genesis 3.1, what we just read. Amen. Changing your mindset, feelings, changing your feelings, changing uh and agreeing with the will of God for your life and calling the believer to the willingness to be submitted to God. In other words, when you submit yourself to God, it, it helps to subdue your flesh. If you're not submitted to God's will, you'll never subdue your flesh. You never will. Amen. How can you tell if you're submitted to God if you can submit yourself to man? If you can't submit yourself, well, I'm submitted to God, but I'm not submitted to man, then that ain't, that ain't gonna work. Amen. I know you think it will, but it won't. Amen. We know that, don't we? Hallelujah. If it doesn't bug you to submit to man, then it, it, you are submitted to God. Hallelujah. Submission to God and renewing the mind to its original state will allow us to walk in the love of God and not fear. See, if you're if you're not walking in the love of God, you're walking in fear. And if you're walking in fear, then you will not uh have victory over your flesh. You will not have victory. Fear causes disappointment, anxiety, guilt, and all the all of the above. Amen. Fear is the the root of doubt and unbelief. It's the root of failure. Fear is. It's the root of all of these things. Indecision, inner conflict, and shame is all motivated by fear. So we have a job to do. We have a lot to to, to do. You know, we're busy all the time. In your word, this is what meditating on the word will help us root out fear. And fear messes us up. Amen. And we all know from experience, everybody has had fear at some point or another. And it it messes up, it brings conflict on the inside of us. Where one day we're with God, the next day when we start, we come out of the spirit looking at nature, it don't look good, and we start, we get on the devil's side. Not willingly, but we're on his side because we don't know how we feel. We don't know what to believe. And then that little thing, that little lingering thought that tells us God is not going to do it. And it's always there until you renew your mind. In other words, upgrade your faith, upgrade your thinking. It's like this, behold, I do a new thing. I'm not, I'm going to lengthen my cords and broaden my, uh, expectation where I'm trusting God and I'm expecting my life to change for the better. And I am no longer going to put up with the devil robbing me of my peace and my joy. Amen. And he'll do that if he can get you in faith, in, I mean in fear, and rob you of your faith. And so we must learn that, um, that subduing the flesh is also trusting God. It's all about faith and allowing God to increase our faith. By the washing of the water of the word, washing our minds clean of fear. Fear starts a lot of trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Second Timothy 1 7 talks about God not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I'm just going to turn that anywhere. We know it already. Second Timothy 1 verse 7. But of a power, loving of a sound mind. Amen. And, and that power that uh, the writer is talking about here is overcoming power. In other words, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of overcoming power. And so we can overcome this fear with the power that God, this overcoming power that God has given us. Amen. Amen. Uh, this fear that it talks about when it says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, is that the lack of responsibility. See, when we have fear, we just let everything cave in and say, I can't do it. And that's lack of responsibility. It's a trick of the enemy, really it is. Because even though you feel some fear, you can still take authority over the devil. Amen. All you got to do is open your mouth. See, we have to train ourselves. And this is why we have to renew our minds in the word of God. And don't conform to the world. Don't listen to the devil that tells us that nothing will ever change. See, you got fear. See, your faith ain't good enough. You have the measure of faith. You can move mountains with that faith. That God, the faith that we have right now, the faith that you have right now is mountain moving faith. Amen. There's nothing you cannot have. You can do anything with the faith you got. When the devil tell you, you don't have enough faith to get this, you know, to get this or that, or you're not going to be able to have this big thing because you don't have enough faith. See, that's when we start subduing the flesh, you know, take authority over those thoughts in our mind. We have to, we, it's already set up for us to win. We must trust God in this. This is one time because of Amos 9, 13 and because of the season that we're in and because of what God is doing in this hour, I feel like this, devil, this is the one time you're not going to win. Because I have all the necessary equipment that I need on the inside of me to pull this off. I cannot lose. I must win. And I have one. I just need to line up my mouth and my thinking with your word. And don't be tricked by the evil one. Because he's a liar. He's ne- When those thoughts come in your mind, you have to fight them. It says, the Bible says to refute these arguments because these are lies of the devil coming up in your mind trying to convince you that you're the big problem. I've been through that one. And nobody ever told me <laughs> that it wasn't me until recent times because we used to just feel like we were losers or however, you know, like we weren't good enough or we don't know enough or we can't get it right. But God is uh, getting the word to us in so many different ways through so many different vehicles that we know that we know that we know that this battle is already won. All we need to do is believe it. And then if you believe, you'll speak. Amen. And when you speak, you'll be convinced and you'll see it come to pass because you can have whatsoever you say. So it's a foolproof plan that God has. But we need to step out in faith and start somewhere. And I think renewing the mind, doing Romans 12 too, is the best thing that we could ever do. We need to be renovated in our minds or restored to freshness or to an original, the original state. Changing your mindset, amen, and feelings uh, and the will of God and calling the believer to the willing submission. We got to submit to God. We must submit to God. If you believe in his plan, you'll submit to him. Amen. We'll submit to God and our minds will be renewed to its original state. 
and allow us to walk in the love of God and not fear. And that's the, that's the other key to fear is walking in the love of God. If you believe God loves you and if you've received the love of God through what his son did at Calvary, if you have received the love of God, then you will walk according to his promises. You'll speak it. You'll know it. You'll act upon it. Your faith will um, line up with what his word says, and you'll have whatsoever you say. Because fear causes disappointments. Did I say that? Anxiety and guilt. And fear is the root of doubt and unbelief. Amen. So much inner conflict comes from fear. And so if we could get rid of fear, because it says here that God's given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So in other words, he didn't give the fear to us. And the opposite of fear is is the love of God. And so if we receive that and stop questioning and challenging God, because that's what we do when we don't receive his his promises and we don't receive what god has said as the final word see we need to know how to receive what god said as the final word amen Amen. and the key is to renew our minds and walk in the walk in the love of god hallelujah So self-discipline and self-control comes by stirring up the gifts of God. And this is what Peter talks about in, I mean, Paul talks about, he was telling Timothy that you need to stir up the gifts. Did I write that down? Is it 2 Timothy 1, 6? Yeah, let's go back. It says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gifts of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. But see, we're full of the Spirit. We don't need anybody to lay hands on us. All we have to do is in, encourage ourselves in the Lord where we can start to get the gifts of God stirring inside of us and we can get in our most holy faith and we can believe for whatever God says we can, we, whatever God has promised us we can believe for by stirring up the gifts with, on the inside of us. And stop allowing your flesh to dominate and lead you. See, when we want to stir up the gifts, then here comes something, the devil with some wrong thought. That's not going to do any good. Oh, you're wasting your time. That's not going to make God move any faster. So it's always some story with the devil. But if if the word of God tells us to stir up the gifts, amen, then that's a, a, a way that we can get the promises even more quickly. In other words, we're siding with the word of God. When we obey the word, we're siding with the word of God. First John 4, 4, if we go there. We need to side with the word all the time. Amen. Believe the whole thing. It's just like uh, <laughs> some people will tell you in, in traditional churches, well, we don't believe in, in divine healing. We don't believe that. Like that's a big deal. You know, I mean, that it's just like they're saying it in a in a way that to make you think that's that's it. We don't believe that. And so it doesn't exist. Amen. But. <laughs> they're just not siding with the word of God. And then you ask them, well, do you believe the Bible? Oh, yeah, I believe the Bible. Well, no, you don't. You have to believe the whole Bible or or none at all. Amen. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. See, you have to believe what this word is telling us. The greater one lives in you. Amen. And it says, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as the world and the world hears them. We are of God and he knows God hears us. Amen. 
He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Hallelujah. Verse 7, I like that it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Amen. In other words, he stood in his place. Propitiation. He was the atonement for our sin. So the greater one lives in us. And this is the love. Not that we love God, but because he loved us first and sent his son to be uh, the atonement for our sins. The act of appeasing or making well, that's what atonement means, or propitiation. Making, he made us well again. Or he restored into our fellowship with God. He restored our fellowship with God. And we are redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go down to verse uh, 18. Did we do 18? Therefore, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears have not been made perfect in love. Amen. In other words, we've not been made mature. In love. You know how you, you can know God loves you, but, but when you get in certain situations, you may have that doubt. Or you may say, I don't know if he's with me. And see, that's doubting his love. And so is sometimes we can get in situations where we're sure but not real sure. And we are really doubting God's love for us. He's doubting, uh, his his promises because his promises are given to us with a, a surely surely and a yes and an amen so we have his is uh it's written in blood with a, a oath and a promise that what he says he's going to do he can also perform it and so we should not doubt but yet we still do you understand and so this is all part of renewing our mind in the word and and um meditating on the word so that we'll refute all of these uh thoughts that's uh contrary to what God's word has already told us and so it's a fight this is part of the warfare amen to think like God and have the love of God which is in him you know, and to walk in love and t- toward God and toward others. It, this is the warfare that we, we are involved in. But he who fears have not been made perfect in love. Amen. So let's see. Uh, I did 18. I talked about 18. Let's do 19. We love him because he first loved us. So in other words, he sowed the first love seed toward us. Amen. And we reciprocate it. Hallelujah. Verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar, for he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him. That he who loves God must love his brother also. Amen. So if you don't love God, love, uh, his brother, then you don't love God. Praise. So 20 says, if someone says, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. Okay. So walk in love and don't obey the flesh, but obey the spirit and forgive. See, and that's one thing we forget. We don't allow offenses to sway our thinking, but we walk in love and in holiness 
and live the crucified life. And the crucified life is that we know that we're made in the image of God and we live like that. Amen. We live the crucified life. We live in the image of Christ. We represent him and we love him. So why? Because time is short, and that's why I believe God wants to bring this to our attention. We are the bride of Christ, and we have work to do. But we can't work uh, for God if we have not changed our attitudes, our hearts, our thinking, our minds. We have to be in sync with God. We have to be one with him. Amen. Or how else could we carry out his, his, his heart? How else could we carry out the things that he wants us to carry out? We can't do it because we'll be, um, you know, like up one day down the next. And who can convince people that of a God that loves them if we're, we're acting like we're not sure? And so we need to, we need to change how we think. Change what we do. Change how we act. Amen. Act like we belong to God. Hallelujah. And not act like we belong to the devil. Amen. Because we're the bride of Christ. And we have work to do. Bless you. Ephesians 4. Okay. Ephesians 4 verse 17. And it talks about your new creation man. It says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Amen. In the fruitility or the uselessness of your mind. Now God, before our minds are renewed in him, he calls our minds useless or futile. Isn't that something? It is frutal. Amen. In other words, I think he's, he's saying, your mind is not enlightened to my word. It's, it, you lack understanding in what I'm trying to do in you, for you. Because God is working for us. Amen. But we need to line up with his word and stop acting one way, doing another, or whatever it is, being not enlightened. Hallelujah. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. Amen. In other words, there's no light coming in. Amen. Verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Now, I know that's none of us, but still, that's what the word is saying. Hallelujah. So let's see. Let's go down to. So in other words, walk not in vanity of your mind. See, our minds can mess us up totally. It can have you on the other spectrum of where God wants you. Amen. You can be doing all the right things. And I think most of us have done that. We've done all the right things. We've stood in faith. And we've done a lot of things that God has told us to do. But then we let our minds put us in the wrong lane. Amen. You you know how you go bowling and you throw that ball too hard to jump over in a different lane? And go knock somebody else's balls. See, that's what, that's what thinking wrong can do for you. Instead of you staying in your own ansarius <laughs> and throw your own, knock your own pins down, taking care of what God has given you to do, you all over the place because of wrong thinking, scattered thoughts. Amen. And this is why it's so important, and especially now, you know, in this time and this hour. See, it's time to round people up for the kingdom of God. But how can you do it if you're not stable in what you think? 
Amen. So we need to renew our minds. We need to trust God in what he's telling us to do. Having your mind and your understanding enlightened. But right now, a lot of us are in the dark. We're doing all of the right things except thinking right. And by the time the devil does a whack job on your thought process, you're down in the dumps. Who wants to get anybody saved? Who wants to be bothered with anybody? The phone call and somebody wants prayer, you know, pray yourself or, you know, you're just not with it because you don't, you don't feel like you're even a part of what God is doing because of your thought process. You're not encouraged. You're, you're not enlightened. You're not, um, you know what I'm saying. You just don't feel like you're a part when all it is is your mind just need your thoughts just need a little tweaking, just a little bit of tweaking so that you can fulfill that which God has called just us to do. Amen. Verse 22, it says that you put off concerning your former conduct. Amen. Put off your flesh man and his thinking. See, that's part of your old nature, trying to creep up, tell you something negative about somebody or something or some situation or your job or your supervisor. You know, you have to keep your mind renewed in the word of god amen hallelujah it says um put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and that doesn't doesn't mean sex that means just wanting some attention or wanting to boss somebody around or whatever it is Amen. It can be the smallest thing, but it'll, it'll, if you continue to follow that thing, then it'll put you not in a place of receiving with God. Amen. And you'll start to feel alienated and blame God uh, on how you feel. And it, it was all us because we refused to renew our minds in the word of God. And when that wrong thought or that wrong feeling about something comes, refute it. You know, speak to it. You know, if you, the Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee. I'm, I'm preaching this because we don't do it. That's why. Because I feel you. I'm, do, I'm preaching it because we need to come in line with, with what God is doing. Amen. And until we do that, we're going to hear it because it's so important because of the time, the time factor. It's where we are and where we should be with God and what we're supposed to be doing because we're the bride of Christ. Even Esther adorned herself. She prepared for what was to come. She wanted to please the king and she prepared herself six months or a year but she prepared herself. She didn't figure she was just ready to jump out there and be a wife or a queen. But she uh, she submitted to God. She submitted to those who were over her, and she took notes. And she went through the process. And that's all we're doing. Because we, um, just look at it like this. How many have you led to Christ in the past week? Or how many people have you spoken to about God or laid hands on, on or prayed for? How many? Verse 22, it says that you put off concerning your former conduct. Amen. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Hallelujah. Amen. See, our minds need to be renewed. We need to be, it needs to be renewed in, in the spirit of God. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. Hallelujah. Our new man is made in the image of Christ. And if we're not acting Christ-like, then we know all we need to do is just uh, tweak it a little bit. Resist the devil and he will flee. You have to do all of these things. Amen. 
and our imagination will come from God. So your imagination don't have to come from the world. doesn't have to come from uh, your flesh. It doesn't have to come from what you think. But your imagination can come from God once you renew your mind. Amen? And the new man is made in the image of Christ. And so you, you're you made in his image. Amen? Because you're in him. And so, but you, is look at it like this. I'm in him. I'm made in the image of Christ, yet I don't think properly. So we can, we can take care of that. Amen. All you need to do is, is, uh, meditate in the word and get everything to line up the right way. Amen. We need to seek the presence of God, seek the kingdom and not stuff and things. Amen. Because that's second and third and fourth. But we need to, to subdue our flesh so that we will think kingdom, kingdomly. You know, we need to allow God to take charge in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. And we are made in his likeness. That's Genesis one twenty six. if you want to write it down and read it later. So we need to seek the presence of God. Amen. We need to have discipline, a disciplined mind and not a wavering mind. Romans 7.22. But 7.22 says, For I delight in the law, in the law of God according to the inward man. See, your inward man is not part of your thoughts. The, your, your, the, the, uh, old man that has not been renewed in your mind. Your your inward man thinks like God thinks. Your inward man wants to hear the word. Your inward man wants more of God and more of the word. Amen. It's your flesh that shuns the word. It's your flesh that don't want to hear. Romans 8, 1. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation or no guilt no guilty verdict, no punishment. And see, this is why we need to just renew our mind. Amen. Because there's no verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, the new man, his, the law that he lives by has set us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it, it is, that is overcome sin. See, the law could not overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power. Being weakened by the flesh, man's nature, without the Holy Spirit, God did. He sent his son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh. He subdued it and overcame it in the person of his own son. So that the righteousness or the righteous and the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh. In in the ways of the flesh, yeah. Guided by worldliness and our sinful nature. And this is the Amplified. Okay. It says, but live our lives in the ways of the Spirit, guided by His power. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit, his will and purpose, now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it's, it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking in God, both now and forever. The mind of the flesh, with its sinful pursuits, is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. And those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses 
cannot please God. So in other words, the, the, the law can't please you and you can't please it because you're not submitted to God. Verse 9 says, however, you are not living uh, in the flesh. However, you are not living in the flesh controlled by sinful nature, but the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God lives in you, directing and guiding you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him and is not a child of God. And that's why I keep saying all we need to do is be tweaked. Amen. But are we willing? Are we willing to give up that last little thing that ain't cool? Or do we want to hold on to it? Amen. How much do we want to please God? How much do we want to be perfected in him? And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised uh, Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies uh, through his spirit who lives in you. So then, um, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation but not to our flesh, our human nature, our worldliness, or sinful, sinful capacity. But we have uh, an obligation to God and to the new creation man to live according to the impulses. Uh, wait a minute. Our worldliness, our sinful capacity to live according to the impulses of the flesh our nature without the Holy Spirit. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are uh, habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. You will really live forever. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. The spirit producing sonship uh, by which we, enjoy, uh, we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit assuring us that we believers are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and, and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also share in his glory. For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the suffering of this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us and in revealed to us and in us. For even the whole creation awaits eagerly. And this is the whole gist of what I was saying in the beginning. Hallelujah. Verse 20. For the creation was subjected to frustration. Wait a minute. 19. Sorry about that. For even the whole creation, all nature, awaits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. So that y'all see now why I'm going over this stuff. Because all of creation is waiting eagerly for somebody to minister Christ Jesus to them. Amen. All of creation is just crying out. And they're saying, where are the sons and the daughters? And all of these religious people that don't know nothing from nothing are willing to go. But they don't have any power. And they don't have any understanding. Don't even have a relationship with God. But they're willing. Amen. But those who are called by God, those who are the remnant, the end time church, need to put down what's so important to them, to their flesh, because it's nothing but flesh, need to lay it aside and pick up Christ and what's important to him. And that is preparing for these souls when we go out. 
you know, in the morning, you know, when we go to work or wherever we're going, do we ever say, God, send me or I'm, I'm prepared to just put me, make me run into somebody today who needs to hear a word. Amen. I'm, I'm volunteering my time or maybe a, a neighbor that's not cool. We all have those. Are we willing to go and talk to them? And not not what we did three years ago, but do we daily put ourselves out there and say, God, I am willing. Send me to a place where they they will accept the true witness of God and want to witness the true power of God. Amen? Because God equips those he sent. But how many of us are willing to run into the children, uh, the, the world that's eagerly waiting for us? They're waiting for us. We need to fight our flesh. Amen. That's why I'm sitting here preaching today, standing, preaching, standing, sitting, whatever. But this is why I'm saying what I'm saying. Because of the time has run short. And we need to care about these people that are headed to hell if we don't take this seriously. Amen. I'll say it 19 again. For even the whole creation, all of nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. Amen. And so this is why we need to fight our flesh. This is why we need to renew our mind in the word of God. In verse, let's see, we're in Romans 8, right? I think we already read 14. Let me go back because I forgot I don't have that. Can we go back to 14? It says, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I read that. Which one am I trying to? Yeah, that's the one I wanted to repeat. So we, we need to be allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit. If we're not being led by the Spirit, we're not sons. Amen. And we know that we are. So... Why is, is the old man new man? Why is this important? Ooh. Sorry, Aphis. I got it. I'm ho- it's good. If you have trouble with it later, don't, don't call me. <laughs> I don't know you. I didn't have it in, fr- in front of many witnesses. All right. So the old man, the old nature, the new man. Hallelujah. But we are being prepared by God. For this new season. That's why this is very, very important. This is important stuff. Yeah, we know it already. But we need to get engaged. We need to become engaged in this warfare. Amen. God has given us new ammunition every day. Amen. Like hallelujah. When we say hallelujah, we found out that we release chariots of fire dominion, honor, amen, power, and glory. The glory of God is released when we say hallelujah. And there's going to come a time when you're going to need to know that. Or you need to have it at your disposal. See, God has given us new ammunition, amen. Now, we've been saying hallelujah for years. I know that. But God says I'm releasing it now. Where that word has so much more authority and so much more power. And when you release it, it does so much more. It's just like we've been studying about angels lately. And I know now that every time I go in an airplane, there's an angel on each wing of the plane. And I never realized that before. So it's not that we know so much and we don't need to hear it. Because we do, amen, because God is just, he's releasing it now for us, amen, hallelujah. And so in this season, this new season of discouragement, we need to know that discouragement precedes the season of harvest. 
See, we've gone through a season of discouragement, a, a season of God ain't going to do it, a season of I've been serving God all these years, and it don't look like he's going to do nothing. Now, how many of, of you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. We've gone to, through a season of discouragement where it don't look like God is doing anything, but we've been faithful. Can y'all agree with that? Amen. So through this season of discouragement, this season of, of separating the weeds and the tear. Amen. And that's the season that we're in. Amen. Separating how you feel and, and God is just doing, uh, a personal, I believe a personal thing with all of us. And he's teaching us how to stay in the fight even though you may not feel like you're winning, but you are. So this, a season of discouragement always precedes the season of harvest. Amen. And this is a season of harvest. This is your season to seize what God has for you. But not only is God interested in giving you what you want, because if you look at what's going on just in your personal life, you see breakthrough after breakthrough. But God is also concerned about souls that don't know him. Amen. So we can't just be selfish and think about what we want, but it's about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And what is God doing in and for the kingdom of God. Amen. Romans eight nineteen. I think I, I, I read that through 26 talks about the earnest expectation of creation. Eagerly awaits for the revealing. See, they're waiting for us to start fighting our thoughts, fighting our minds, getting our minds straight so that we can clearly hear the directions of God clearly deal with God one-on-one now God is not saying that we're bad I think I read that in the in um in the the it's like he's not um saying that we're bad girl bad boy that's not what I'm saying either all I'm telling you is that we need to get our minds renewed so that we can fulfill it's like we come this far let's finish on a good good note amen we finished this far. Don't quit now. Or don't coast. Now ain't the time to coast. But now is the time to renew our minds so we can finish strong. That's what I'm trying to say. We need to finish strong. You know, anybody, you know what? Look at it like this. The rabbit finishes quicker. The tortoises, he'll be tomorrow. You can come back. He'll eventually finish. But we want to finish strong. We don't want to finish like the tortoise. We want to finish like the rabbit. We want to finish strong. Amen. So allow your flesh to die. That's all we need to do. Amen. Tweak it a bit. Amen. Push it a bit more. Live by the spirit. Live by faith. And you can't do it if you don't live by love. Because without the love walk, if you're not living the love walk, then your faith won't work anyway. Amen. So allow your flesh to die. And whenever it pop up, because everybody's faith, uh, flesh pops up on them, then you beat it back down and say, no, you know what? Come out of there. I don't want you in there anymore. See, as we get more mature in what God is doing, that maturity causes us to not want that there anymore. Anybody know what I'm saying? I don't want it there anymore. I'm tired of beating that dead fly, and I don't want it popping up in my life anymore. Or have you ever been to the place where you say, I thought I was over that. I repented for that, and I, you know, I dealt with that with God, and here it is again. And so it's these times and these times only that I'm trying to get you to see that we need to renew our minds and cleanse our minds so that we can readily, as soon as those wrong thoughts come up, we can uh, just speak to them and they'll, re- they'll go and they won't be a, a hindrance to what God is trying to do in our lives. And I think about... The whole world eagerly 
awaiting. And I'm sitting here wasting time. I mean, that does something to me. You understand what I'm saying? And so we need to do what we're supposed to do. God's already given us all that we need to do. Amen. To stay with him until we've uh, defeated the enemy in everybody's life, not just ours, but in the lives of others. Amen. And so the son, we are the sons of God. And we are subduing our flesh every day. We are learning to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Amen. And when your flesh, uh, now your flesh will let you down. Amen. It's like, I'm here again. (laughs) But you have to take action and beat your flesh up and don't settle for what your flesh is suggesting. But, you know, you're doing this for a purpose. You're doing this for God. Amen. You're doing this for the sons and daughters who await our revealing. Amen. We are the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. And we won't let God down. Amen. But we we can't think that we don't need to know, hear and know. We We can't do that. We have to receive the word with gladness. Amen. And allow God to work in our lives and in the lives of others. Amen. In the lives of others. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop, Father? We do thank and praise you. Hallelujah. We lift you up. In the name.